we're talking about hope does not disappoint. I don't know about you, but I've had a few hopes that got dashed. I've had some hopes that were in dreams, and they definitely were more like the pipe dream because they weren't they went up in that smoke and I never saw them again. So hope, we don't want to mislead you this morning. There is power and direction in hope. And, and so what we want to focus on today is how does that happen? How does God work with his people, his children through hope? And so I want us to look at the scripture in in Romans, the fifth chapter. And we will uh, look at these verses that are going to be the prime text for everything that's being said here. And uh, may God bless his word. May God bless you. And may God bless your path that you're going to be taking this day. Before I read it, let me just say, I'm excited to be up here, sure, but I had a great Thanksgiving, and and I hope you did too, and and I know those were plans, and those plans, uh, when they're set in motion, they don't get scuttled, they they take place, and uh, the day came. Uh, there was no threat in the air that there wasn't going to be Thanksgiving. And and we went forward, and my goodness, I know it had to be somewhat like that at your place as well. And, and God was in the middle of it all. Met some folks I haven't seen in a long time. <laughs> that would have been family. <laughs> and and we, we, had a, we had a wonderful, wonderful time of connecting, knitting together, and being uh, in the presence of one another. But I'll tell you, it was the presence of God that was there as well. And, and so I want you to think about what your Thanksgiving was. And then I want you to, with me today, see how, see how this presence of Thanksgiving this, it's more than a feeling, it's a presence. See how this can play in your life, making you a man or woman of gratitude. Oh, God loves that when he sees his children full of gratitude. And, and so we had a lot of practice for this week with gratitude, right? Being thankful and all of the things. But God wants us to see too that this does not just single out one day and then the rest of them, uh, we, don't, we don't go in this vein. I believe it would be beneficial for each one of us and our personal walk with the Lord if we found a way to show gratitude every day, every day. Uh, don't you think that the sunrise, whether you get to see it or not, that that's... <laughs> That, that's God saying, here's something for you. And, and thank you, Father. Thank you. There is so much, so much. And the reason I'm going to kind of hover in the area of gratitude in this message 
where hope does not disappoint. The reason we're in this vein is because God wants to be recognized. This is his world. We're living in a fallen world, and we've got too much emphasis there. This is his world, and we are his people, and he has plans for you and for me. So let's see how this plays out in the word. I'm going to start with verse 5, and it says, And hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit who was given to us. I'm reading out of the uh, New American Standard. And I realize that uh, the King James, if that's what you're reading from, are similar texts. It doesn't read like that. Hope does not disappoint. In yours it says, hope maketh not ashamed. Think about that. When you have hope, there's no cause or reason to be ashamed. And, and, and it's the same message, but from a different slant using this, uh, the King's English. And so stay with me. This message uh, will hit your heart and will touch your heart with that hit. And you will be able to walk in, in the goodness of God. And so realize that it's... Th- full of God's love in us. Now, I don't know if he has any second-rate love. Do you? God have second-class love? And, and, and so, who gave us the love but the Holy Spirit? He's the one that distributed it, as it says right there in verse 5. And, and because he's done this, hey, that's got to be agape love that's in there, huh? And, and because it's agape love, there's a lot of power there. A lot of power there. That's going to be part of the message today, power. And, and there's a lot of powerful things going on in the world, a lot of current that's showing a lot of power and force. But I'm going to talk about what real power is and, and what this power can do in spite of the way the current is flowing. I hope you know that God isn't too upset with what's going on in the world today and in our country because he says that you have your plans and you have your ways, but my plans will prevail. And, and so if we can just put that on the side there, that's a thank you, Father. There's something to be thankful about that he's still in charge and that the way that this country of ours, our wonderful America, has been tarnished with some of the things and thoughts that have been put forward. God hasn't lost step, and he's not done with America either. And he's certainly not done with you, his blood-bought believer, okay? He's not through with you. And and so uh, he has, through his Holy Spirit, poured into our hearts this marvelous love, Because, look at verse 6, for while we were still helpless and at the right time, at the right time. You know, when you're helpless, there better be a right time, huh? (laughs) That's a a time where you need something right going on. 
Because when you're not feeling it and it's in helpless mode, that means you've lost control. Not out of carelessness, sometimes out of being overpowered. Sometimes by just falling into a current that wasn't for you. And and so in that verse 6, that's a lot of our uh, message today because I want you to see it's in our helplessness where God meets you. And that's where your hope can begin to blossom and flourish. And and these buds become into wonderful, uh, wonderful displays. And and so where things are going sour in your life, I'm going to tell you right now that according to the word, there's going to be a marvelous, beautiful display. God moving momentum-wise in your direction for things to go in a way that will be a blessing and an uplift and, and bring honor and glory to him. And that's what everything is underlined with. All of this is for God's honor and for his glory. And then down in verse 8, it says, But God demonstrates his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so this is the power um, power pack of the lesson, of the message, because it's all about God. And God has made a way for us, and that way is through his Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so this is the power today. And this is the direction that God wants us to go in, in the power of Jesus. In the power of Jesus. And we'll uh, discuss how that can take place uh, in a way that's tangible, because that too should be something where it meets us where we are, and God has no problem with rhythm and with flow And he's not disturbed, and he's got something going, and you're going to be in lockstep with what he's doing. Hallelujah. That should be exciting right there. And that's, thank you, Father, for that. But hope does not disappoint because it's all about Jesus. Jesus. He's not the uh, where we look at, well, he is, but there's, there's a phrase, the blessed hope. Well, that's something else. And so God says when we're uh, through here, not when we've been run out, but when we're through here, the blessed hope. We're going to have a rapture supper. We're going to have a time. And, and so that's when everything starts to elevate. And even if there's a war coming, <laughs> we're still elevating because we're already knowing that that's ours to win. Okay, and, and so where am I going with this today? I want you to see that maybe you've settled, as I have, sometimes a little short and shy of moving with a hope that does not disappoint. There's times when Jesus had something there, and you know what? He, he, doesn't, he doesn't look at us. Aren't you glad he doesn't do this? It's, oh, my, too many times there. We're just going to have to. Wad that up, and where's that file 13? And, and there I go. He puts me right in there. And because I've missed a few things that he's sent my way for me to pay attention to and to apply or 
in, may I say, implement in his name. And so today, hope does not, does not, does not disappoint. And, and I want you to know that you don't have to worry about what your condition is today because God has touched you with a dub and I'm going to work with you where you are. I want you to know that with God, sins get expunged. Oh, I love to hear that word when I'm sitting in the courtroom. That, that, that is marvelous. And, and so he has scrubbed everything. And, and he is looking to put you into motion, into motion, in something that you can do, something that actually he's called you to do. You've got a calling that maybe some of you are right at the threshold of seeing it triggered and put into action. Doesn't matter what uh, your profession is. It doesn't matter what you're professing. Well, maybe you should look at that. What I am professing, we want to make sure. We're not saying name it and claim it here, and, and I don't think there's a need to dwell on that too much, but I do want you to see something. God wants us to be careful with our words, and he wants us to walk in a circumspect manner and fashion before him doing what we can do doing what we can do. And so Jesus is our hope, and he is also our salvation. So he's got eternal life waiting for us. But I want you to know his salvation is for now in this lifetime as well. What would his salvation now in this lifetime look like? (laughs) Well, there's going to be a lot of wonderful times in your life that he's provided. Wonderful salvation there. And, and you, you've had those experiences, and I've had them too. Well, he's there in trials. And when God moves us out of trials, that's salvation. When he moves us out of emotional lows, hey, that, that, that is hope that does not disappoint. I'm going to tell you. And how about health and sickness? He can move us through that. And, and I want you to experience and get excited about the fact that God doesn't have to wait until your spit shine to get this thing in motion. He wants to start right where you are today. Right where you are today. And so in the scriptures leading up to uh, our text today, uh, in verse 1 there, it talks about being justified by faith. And I, I can't do a theological dissertation on this, but I think there's some things you ought to know. And, and that being justified means then may, we have a right. Does that not mean that? Just, I'm justified. I've got a right to this. Well, God says in his word that as many, as many as have received him, to them has he given eternal life. And, and that's for everyone who believes, everyone who believes. And, and so there's a right there given to us in, in John chapter 1 and verse 12. That's where that says that. And, and we should see that 
as being justified before him. But just let me take a minute with faith because I think there's too much discussion about my faith, I don't have enough or it's too little or something along that fashion where that the faith you have is a little, got, has some imperfections in it. Does our life fill with imperfections? It can. <laughs> and, and we can all see the uh, effect of that. But let me show you the verse that tells us that there is uh, no reason for you to carry in your heart the fact that you have little faith. There's nobody in here with little faith. Okay? And, and again, this is not a power positive message. This is what God's word says. And so I'm going to read to you out of chapter 12 in Romans and verse 3, and it says, Through the grace given to me, I say, I say to everyone among you not to think more highly of yourself than he ought to think. And that's good to know. But to think so as to have sound judgment. And if you're thinking you don't have enough faith, your judgments need to be adjusted. Because hear how this verse ends. And God has allotted to each a measure of faith. What do you think about that? To each of us, a measure of faith. Is not God the Alpha and the Omega? The beginning and the end? He knows how today's going to go. As a matter of fact, he knows how the rest of it's going to go. But he's the one that gave you faith, a measure of faith. Don't you think that if he knows all of that and he has given you a measure of faith, that he has given you the measure that you need? No second-rate faith. It's going to be the faith you need at the moment you need it. See, God does things in the time of your need. He's punctual. Oh, and that one's a hard one because, oh, that, that's tough for all of us. We, we have a lot of people tapping their foot on that one and, and looking for that for, uh, timing of God to become a reality. But I want you to see that, that you have been given the faith that you need by God. And so that means that when you come into a faith situation, this is going to be an intimate time for you and him, for his name to be lifted up. And the only way his name is going to be lifted up in those tough, tough moments is if you come out victorious. It, it, it's not going to be, oh, we'll, we'll come back and get him next year kind of thing. He is there for this to happen now in your life. That's why I want you to see he's got a hand and a finger in your direction today, and he wants to put you into motion with his plan for your life, which is to do you good, to do you good. And so we've got that cleared up, and in verse 2 it talks about uh, there's a grace there, and we can't be boastful about our grace either because he gave us that gift. So everything we need, God's given us. And he says, uh, put your faith to work because I gave it to you. Well, you've got grace that I've given you, and it says here, 
Oh, and I like to say this. I always think of grace as getting a lot of muscle to it. And, and so the muscle of grace, and look at, in verse 2, it talks about grace in which we stand. In which we stand. You, you can pick up on authority there, can't you? That you've got that moment because you're standing. And you're right there. And, I, and, and that can show up in your job to make you head and shoulders above the people that you work with. Not to boast, as it says here, but for another thing, to lift him up, give him honor and glory. Be thankful because you are in a place and equipped for that place. Ah, so whatever you're facing, you've been equipped. You're not going in without the armor. And that, that's important. So, so hold on to that. And then verse 3, and, and I almost, I am always been upset about this. And it's not only in this verse, but it shows up in places where it just shouldn't show up. It just shouldn't be there. And, and so it says, uh, we not only exalt in the hope that does not disappoint in verse 2, but in verse 3 it says, we also show an eagerness to be exalting over our tribulations. I don't like it. I don't like it. I wonder why it's in there. I read over it fast. I try to put it out of my mind and go to where God wants us to go. But the tribulation, I can't get past it. Have you found any of that in your life? I'll I'll, I'll tell you. But It dawned on me, God's got a purpose for that as well. And he wants to be honored and glorified. And and, in verse 4, it talks about tribulations are supposed to uh, just give us more than a stiff upper lip. It says this is to develop perseverance, proven character, and give you a hope that doesn't disappoint. And, And when you think about that, I'll tell you, there's a lot of promotions, more than I could count, that people got because they had a proven character. God's looking out for you. And when the tribulations come, it says here that they got a little fanatical about it and wanted to exalt them for it. Well, Thanksgiving. Excuse me, I'm being attacked up here. I won. Here we go. All right. So I want you to see that there's going to be tribulation because folks were living in a fallen world. Is that not true? And yet God wants to show his glory. He wants to show that he can do things for his honor and glory through us. And that's good. That's good. And so we live in a fallen world. And like verse says, verse 6 says, while we are helpless and without power in this fallen world, to live in a fallen world is going to take power. It's going to take power, which means you're going to have to take power. Okay, so that's kind of like an action verb. That means we're going to have to get involved, and that's exactly what God wants from each one of us. 
He wants us to be involved in our victories. He wants us to be involved in the outcomes. He wants us to be involved in such a way that people see the light that he has that's glowing in you. And that will show when you've got proven character and perseverance and all of this working in your life and you've got a hope. Now, I can tell you from my work experience that they can see that everything isn't uh, just splendid with Don, but they always said, man, you don't let it get you down. People notice those things, and that's why we got to be careful not to boast because it wasn't for that. It's to give him honor and glory, and it does when we make sure we aren't boasting, okay? And so don't boast, and and we'll be okay. But uh, there is power needed, and it isn't ours in a fallen world that we need, okay? Page two. Who said that? That was that was out there. Some that wasn't original with me, but I'm about that old though. Okay, so did you know that you're divinely created? Ah, divinely created. Have you picked up on the fact that you're humanly operated? I have, (laughs) but that's how we have to look at what's going on in our life. God's got a purpose, and he's going to touch that divinely created creature that you are, and we're going to, in our human operation, going to have to have correct responses. And and so I want you to see that, and and, uh, the Word of God shows us enough of that. Uh, In Genesis 18 and 14, not going to turn there, but that's where it says, is anything too hard for the Lord? (laughs) You want to know something that was spoken to Abraham and Sarah when he was 100 and she was 90? And guess what they were going to (laughs) have? How does that happen? (laughs) Well, you know, that's why it's not going to be our power that's going to be used. It's going to be God's divine intervention. Is anything too hard for the Lord? And in that case, God intervened for Abraham and Sarah. But tapping of the foot, things were getting impatient there. I'm getting older. I'm getting older. Life is passing me by. And I don't want to it wasn't she was a spinster. She was already married. What she got? Oh, she hadn't had that person, that boy in her life, that man child. And so in tapping her foot, that's when she said, well, I'm going to help God out. I've got some power and authority and influence. So Hagar, get over there. And, and uh, that's how we've got Ishmael. And that's how we've got problems in the world today. But God loved Ishmael, not willing that any should perish. Keep that in mind. And and so, but that was the situation there. And so there was power that was divinely implemented and it was for our blessing because Abraham is the father of all mankind now. That's you and me too in there. And and so uh, I want you to see that divine power 
is actually going to be divine intervention when it takes place in your life. And having the ability to act is very important. Having the ability to act. Now, my power, I can get out there and act. You too. And, and so that's not what we're looking for. That's when hope doesn't always work out. Hope that does not disappoint. We're having power to accomplish things. That is where we need to be walking, and that happens with divine power. And so while we are still helpless, as verse 6 says in our text, at the right time. I think in King James it says, at that perfect time, or something close to that. So both of those passages are going in the same thought pattern that God's got the timing. Don't worry about the timing. I'm always worried about the timing. Don't you worry about the timing. I'll see if I can catch up. But so there we are. So God is showing us that while we're helpless, that's when he can really work if we will really look where? To him. Where are we looking when we're in trouble, though? We're looking around. We're looking at the trouble. We're looking at all these things, and they keep getting bigger and bigger and magnified. And you know that when something is magnified, it really ain't that big. And and God wants us to look at him so that the divine intervention can be coming and we won't lose out on what he has for us. So uh, here we are. Uh, We're kind of helpless. We're kind of hopeless, it says in King James. And and, uh, this is a time for the right time to happen when you are feeling that hopeless and helpless feeling being overwhelmed beyond measure. And, and so hope does not disappoint. The scripture isn't going to back up on that. And, and so regardless of how powerless you are or regardless of how your efforts to make things happen, we had a friend that said, I'm going to make that happen. And, you know, and, but regardless of all of that, God's power when we're having troubles, will translate us. Stay with me on this. Stay with me on this. Here's an opportunity for you to be translated because God is going to translate us at these moments where divine intervention is coming from Satan's fallen world realm. That's a mouthful there, but that's a, that's a huge, huge statement. We're caught up in the thoroughs of Satan's fallen world. And it's a realm, and he's the prince of it. And and he's hoping that we will just take a moment and glorify him about that. We're not going to do that because we're talking about divine intervention. And I want you to see that when... God is ready to translate us. <laughs> Our strength aren't any help to God. Did you know that? When he's ready to move, our strengths aren't going to be a factor. By the same token, 
our weaknesses aren't going to be a hindrance. (laughs) How about that? And so it's going to happen, not because of you, not because of me, not because of our power and what we can make happen, but what God is able to do through us. It's called divine intervention. So we've got it halfway Satan's fallen world realm, we're going to be able to be translated there to another place. And that's God's kingdom dynamic realm. Now, you do know that God's kingdom isn't up there someplace in a tidy place where they're all praying and the elders are up there and they all know what they're doing and things are right. You know, that... This kingdom dynamic is down here. Right here. It's right here. It's in the Bethel Vineyard. It's in your heart. If you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior, that's where the power resides. And so, in this realm, it's not about strength and power on our part, it's about obedience. <laughs> when God says, I can do it. We, oh, me, I'll say me for sure, have a tendency to want to edit. That can't happen. <laughs> what I just heard, I, no, I won't even tell you what that was. But I'll tell you what, when God starts moving in that kind of a direction with your life, it's going to be just like that. And, and we are to become more familiar with God's kingdom dynamics here in this lifetime. That's what salvation is all about here. Because when we go up there for eternal life, everything is swept clean, is it not? Faith isn't up there. All of those things aren't up there. Love is. And so now is the time where you can see this power enforced, and you can be a part of it. You can be a part of this. And so on earth, what happened? Well, the disciples said, wow, the way you pray, Jesus, teach us how to pray. We want to pray like that. And so what did he give them? He gave them the Lord's Prayer, and there's just an excerpt in there. And and it says, thy kingdom come, Thy will be done where? On earth, as it is in heaven. And so, what do you think is going on up in heaven? You know, when we uh, put a, I don't know, people want to rampage the gates of heaven. I don't know what that's all about. I haven't experienced anything with that in mind, but I want to tell you something. What we're looking at here is... God's kingdom is going to be here on earth as it is in heaven. So I want you to get a picture. What are they doing in heaven that's going to be down here now? (laughs) And it says they're around the throne. Oh, my gosh. They've got that disease. Oh, well, what does that entail? We got to know all those ins and outs of that disease. That's not the way to be praying. That's not the way to be going about what God wants to do in our life. He wants us to take our eyes off 
of anything that's disease, anything that has nothing to do with him, and put our eyes on everything that has to do with him. And that's what we do now in this lifetime in the salvation that he's given us. And so I'm going to say it respectfully, certainly reverently, because I doubt that you have ever heard this. Well, maybe you have, but be careful. Be careful not to build an altar to the fall of man. How often can that happen? When I start dwelling on what the situation and circumstances are, oh man, this thing is going to overwhelm me. This is, this is bad. This is not going to work out. This is, and we've got all of these things. And that's why there's a lot of people that don't know how to be positive in their thoughts because there's a lot of heaviness in their life. And they can't get past it. And, and God wants them to get past it. And he may be showing you and I how we can help them and walk with them and get them to the place where they can rejoice and be thankful. And that is putting our eyes on him. It's not being careless. It's getting ourselves in position for his kingdom come on earth just like it is in heaven. So I'll tell you, up there in heaven, they're around the altar rejoicing. They are singing. They are worshiping. And yes, they know all about these problems of ours because Jesus takes our needs before them. Aren't you glad he filters off all of the boo-hoos and all of the things we've got about what those needs are and, and how bad it is and, and, and this is a disease and, and this, that, and the other, and, and all the reasons why there can't be anything done, none of that's up there. He filters that off. That isn't going before the Father. And, and so when you're praying for God's intervention, your eyes need to be on Him. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at BethelAG.com or on Facebook at Bethel Assembly of God, Littlestown, Pennsylvania. Our services are also live-streamed every Sunday on our YouTube channel, Bethel AG Littlestown, Pennsylvania.